Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it if you can. Leave us a review, it really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out, definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters, what's going on, everybody? Again, it's Mike Colo here with the What's Your Fight talk show and still kind of diving into my journey here a little bit. But before we get into the last piece, the, the kind of final phase of my fight career and going into my coaching career. I just wanted to say really quick, if you haven't subscribed to Fight Light already, make sure you're hitting that subscribe button. You're liking, commenting, letting us know what you like about this. Let me know what you want to hear. Um, I'm going to have a bunch of guests coming on now after this kind of piece of uh, the journey. So I'm looking forward to that. And as always, check out the description below for uh, just great apparel, Great content, more stuff on Life of a Fighter, my journey, and social media, all that good stuff. You can check it out below. Without further ado, let's jump into the final kind of piece here. And I actually wanted to do this outside, so I hope you guys don't mind the background noise a bit, but specifically because the sun's setting right now. And I thought it was a pretty cool metaphor and analogy for the sun setting uh, for my career as far as a fight um, career, because I'm talking about retirement and going to Thailand, and that was the last piece of my competitive um, Muay Thai and combatives career for that piece. So let's dive into it. Um, you know, we talked about being able to finish up my career in New York, fighting for the title, winning that title. There was a lot of adversity to that. And I won't dive into even all of that, but just know that that was a huge milestone for me in and of itself because of the injuries I overcame from my back to things in that camp, actually. A lot of things went wrong between medicals, not getting properly done. I had to go like that. The fight was um, Wayans were Friday, fight was Saturday. I had to go that Wednesday to get my blood work, emergency blood work done. I had to leave work. You know, I, I left the, the hospital I was working for and I actually kind of like lied a little bit and I pretty much took an extra hour of my time that I wasn't supposed to to get this done. And I was like, man, should I even take this fight? What am I doing? Like, the guy I was fighting, you know, um, he actually broke somebody's arm in training camp, I heard from, you know, we, I, small circle in the fight world, obviously. So I knew people that trained with him. And, you know, I heard from other people like, hey, you really shouldn't take this fight. But one thing I have to say is um, what changed my perspective, and I've talked about this in other videos, is I asked myself, well, what if I knew the outcome was going to be where I won the way I wanted to win and I won the belt? Would I still take the fight? And would I do this? Of course I would. So why would I stop now? Um, and that's how I kind of look at my life decisions. And there's been times where I've had to say, hey, even if the outcome did go my way, I wouldn't do it because of X, Y, or Z. So that's something I just wanted to share with you guys. And that kind of helps segue into going to Thailand. So what happened with going to Thailand and this was a huge turning point in my life and my career and the business truthfully was um, me and my wife got married and we did destination wedding. And then we just followed up with a honeymoon that was supposed to be in Thailand and just a honeymoon, you know, two, three, maybe four weeks. And um, coach Eric Uresk was out there already. So I've been fortunate enough to kind of follow him around, follow him out to Vegas, follow him to Thailand and have him hook me up with opportunities. And obviously I had to put the work in, but with all that being said, this was an amazing opportunity that I couldn't pass up. So when, 
I, I really just appreciate my wife, Ashley, being on board to do this. When we got out there, he actually hooked me up with um, a strength conditioning job with Phuket Top Team. So Phuket Top Team was kind enough to welcome me, also give me a contract to fight professionally, to be sponsored by the team, to have those opportunities, and to also have a position as the head strength coach. So I was running the strength program, working with um, – really just not just the fitness uh, component for just your regular people coming in and out of the gym, but also the competitive fighters and the elite level guys that were running in our strength class. Like shout out to Spike Carlisle now in the UFC. He was one of the guys that was there during that time where he was doing a camp out there. And um, it was cool to see, see people on their journey. So that's kind of starting there. And then in that first month, that's where me and Ashley decided, you know what, we're going to have this stay longer. And she was on board with that. She was so down. That's why I married her, honestly, amongst many other things was because she is supportive for my goals. And I try and be that for her. So we ended up staying, you know, two to four weeks into basically a six month stay in Thailand, came across amazing people. Like, um, that's why I want to talk about Thailand too, because the people I got to meet, not just thanks to coach Eric that, that I've brought up in other topics, even at Red Boy and beyond. And we're actually going to have him on probably is the first guest that I bring on um, as part of what's your fight. But I got to meet uh, Pascal Schroth, the German who was at Puget top team at the time. Now he's at Tiger Muay Thai. Um, Panda Banks, Steve Panda Banks, the WBC former heavyweight Muay Thai champion. Um, and honestly, just the amazing crews that were at Thailand um, and, and Lord Zilla was another amazing crew and still a fighter that's at Phuket top team. I got to meet Chris Cyborg was out there when I was out there. Um, there's just, the list goes on and on of so many amazing fighters and people I got to meet and come across. So it was just really life-changing just in and of itself. So those are more people we'll talk about. And that's one thing that was interesting about Thailand was I got to see, this is, this is might be controversial, but I think in a lot of the combat world, there's, Fighters that are successful in spite of the coaching. What I mean by that is not that the coaching technically in Muay Thai was bad, but truthfully, their approach to training was a little dated, honestly. And even some boxers, and, and in general, the combat world are like this, because if you look at the science, um, distance running really isn't as prevalent in the science-based support for training, meaning we're not going to go run a 5k twice a day, every day, which is what they're doing basically in time point. Every training session, you're going to go out and you're going to run a 5k and then you're going to go practice and you're not going to practice for like a half hour, hour. You're going to practice for two hours, maybe three, depending on pads and sparring and everything else going on. But so that's the science base where I think that they are a little disconnected and the justification, I think the argument there is, well, look at how many successful Thai fighters and champions have been put out. And to me, my counter argument to that is, well, look at maybe how many people didn't make it. And, and that's why I think it's a lot of them are making in spite of the, the strength conditioning side of things. And that's not to say there's not amazing strength conditioning coaches in Thailand, but I think the majority of it is old school thought process. So that's kind of the first thing I noticed while I was out there um, that even impacted my training. Like, you know, I wasn't acclimated to running a 5k, 12, like 10k basically every day um, over two sessions. And, you know, it took a, t a wear and tear on my body, you know, um, waking up for those 7am sessions and then doing it again at, you know, was it 4.30 or 5.30? I forgot what the time was, but there was two, and that's normal. Like that's not an issue, but it was not like, I would usually wake up early before I'd go to work when I was back in New York, do a run at six or seven in the morning and then have my seven to three shift and then go crush in the evening. But it would be like a 15, 20 minute session, not a two hour ordeal, two and a half, three hour ordeal. So that took definitely some adjusting. And, and honestly, truthfully, like my immune system was compromised after a certain point. I wasn't recovering the way I needed to. And I got staffed four different times. So that's something I, I recommend for all the people that are going out to Thailand is make sure that you're going to set yourself up for success by properly conditioning yourself to have that volume of training when you're out there, but also know 
the time zone change, the humidity, the weather, the hydration, the electrolytes, even just your immune system being compromised from the travel and getting right into training, that's a factor. And a lot of people, when they go to Thailand, they train even when they do have staff or infections because they don't want to miss out. They're only there for maybe a week or 10 days. So that's also a prevalent part. And this is even with the gym mopping after every session, cleaning after every session. Like this is just something that everyone, I think, in Thailand faces to a certain extent. So that was a, a huge component. And, you know, being able to see not just, you know, how they live their lives, but the level of potential poverty a lot of them are, are dealing with and the joy that they had and just realizing how little I needed to be happy with me and Ashley and the quality of friends and people I had around me was an amazing thing like Pascal was and Aldis was uh, an amazing couple that we made and there's also Pascal still a world champion right now um, and he has both a Muay Thai and K1 uh, lightweight titles. He's fought for glory. Um, and he's actually had a crazy story too. He broke his neck in a fight in China. He got screwed over there. And that's something we'll talk to him when he comes on for a future episode, but I don't want to take up too much time on that. But so I have this amazing experience in Thailand, training some of the best, working with the best, Lizilla them and all that. And then I get to fight in a Thai stadium in Thailand against the Thai. And honestly, you know, it was, it was a veteran. I think he had about like 40 or 50 fights, but in the Thai world, like three, four hundreds, like a lot of fights. So this guy wasn't really a high tier dude, maybe middle, low rung kind of journeyman. But being able to fight a tie and beat a tie and fight a tie in a stadium and take him on points, like that was a huge thing for me. Um, and it was an amazing experience. And also being able to come off of four staph infections. You know, everyone that's had staph or dealt with antibiotics knows how brutal that is for your body. So it was an amazing experience. And I was, that's basically how I finished my career because once we left Thailand, we came back. I had some opportunities come up to fight on the undercard for, undercard for glory with a uh, shout out to Lou Neglia. He was one of the partner promoters uh, at Madison Square Garden. Unfortunately, I couldn't find a pro opponent. They wanted to try and make it like an exhibition amateurish deal. And I just didn't feel comfortable doing that to somebody and lying to them and not really sharing my experience. Um, and, you know, just based on the input from my coaches, it wasn't the right move. And then once I moved to Asheville, North Carolina, I was able to find Rogue Combat Club. And that's been a huge part of my journey as well. We'll have coaches and fighters from Rogue come on. But key point to that is that was really when my career was over. I didn't realize it. I was 31 when we came back. I just turned 32 when we got back from Thailand after my, my pro debut. And really, that was like the only um, – time that I was able to fight in Thailand and have at that high level competition. There was a few fights, like even when I did move to North Carolina, there was one fight I was going to have against Nate King. And actually that was someone I forgot to mention at American top team in New York. He was another training partner of mine and he's an amazing uh, Thai fighter as well. So shout out to Nathaniel King or Nate King. Um, I was actually supposed to fight him and for Bobby Campbell's promotion, Jack Hammer promotion, shout out to Bobby and Jack Hammer promotions. Um, that's who I won my title with. And you know, just unfortunately, like, truthfully, the the situation, the compensation didn't make sense for me to be able to put in a camp. Uh, we just got back from Thailand. I was trying to now put all of our finances together and all those things. So it was at a place where I was like, the money I'm going to get for what I'm going to do and what I was able to do already for my career didn't line up. And I met all the goals that I really wanted to, from winning a title to fighting in Thailand to being a pro to beating a Thai, like all those things um, just didn't line up. And it, it, I realized at a certain point when I came back from Thailand, I didn't want to fight anymore and it was hard for me to understand that and once I had my daughter I really just didn't want to fight I had no killer instinct anymore and that was such a huge 
turning point for me in my life um, because now it transitioned officially in my mind. I was like, all right, I'm officially done. I'm not going to fight anymore. I'm going to do jujitsu. Like I compete in grappling tournaments now and I've been able to get back into jujitsu and my goal is to get a black belt. I'm still a blue belt technically in Brazilian jujitsu. So the next step is a purple belt and take that journey from there. However, it was still a really tough decision because when you identify yourself as a fighter for so long, and that's my career. It was hard to step away. But once my daughter came, and then now my second daughter, and seeing, honestly, once I retired, that's when I saw a boom to my company in a way that I've never seen before, the way we've been able to scale it and the way I've been able to apply myself in other ways and put that energy. Um, being able to coach full-time, not just for my business, but with contracts that we have in different app companies. And I've been able to explore working in the post-fighter career, really from the coaching side, the entrepreneurial side, that's been the evolution. And that was basically like, wow, I like this analogy of the sun setting. Sunset on my fight career, but really it was just getting going for my actual career after fighting for my business. This is where I really think my entrepreneurial and business took off. Even though I've had Life of a Fighter since 2011, 2018 and 19 is where I really consider it changing. And, and really evolving because I was able to put everything into it. And that kind of brings us to now. Now I'm at Rogue Combat Club, coaching and passing my knowledge on here at Life of a Fighter, you know, reaching thousands of people and being able to impact and share my journey, partner up with Fight Light. So that's kind of been the, the last piece to my journey. And that's where we end up now. And now, you know, I've been able to, I thought it would be nice to have this outside because I love my backyard. And this is our first house that I've bought with my wife that we bought together. And we're going to raise our family here. And it's because, honestly, I was able to make that hard decision to retire. Because truthfully, if I would have continued fighting, maybe I'd be, you know, like my, in, even in Thailand, I made, what was it? I think it was like five or 7,000 baht. It's like 200 bucks, 300 bucks. And here I was going to get like 500 to show and like ticket sales. And like, dude, when you're putting in a two to three month camp and you know, you don't have the sponsor, like it's, that's a hard grind. And I was looking at like, okay, I'm 31, 32. Like I still have years left in me to fight, but like, for how, what am I getting out of this? Is this really what I want? And being able to see that evolution and change, even the growth I've had financially because of it, it was a huge thing. So I like sharing that because I know that there's other people out there that may be in a similar place and you're fighting just because and, and, or, Hey, for the fighters that truly are hungry and want to get after it, get it done, go after it. I'm hundred percent behind you reach out and I'm happy to help support you. However I can and share that story, but just be mindful that, you know, there's gotta be a plan, right? There's gotta be an exit strategy too. Like I wanted to have, I've never been knocked out. I've never been hurt beyond obviously my back herniations that I've talked about, but I've never had brain trauma officially recorded with concussions and things like that. And I wanted to leave it on that note. So that's pretty much the, the, transition from thailand to now in Asheville, rogue combat club being able to influence coaches and put out champions and that's now the goal is like i want to put out as many national champs as i can i haven't coached a national champion that's my goal and i have a couple people in mind and um that i can already see doing it but i've been able to work with fighters and get them to new levels and that's what i want to help focus on and not just fighters and with my company what we do with helping anyone that wants to improve their lives so that's pretty much wrapping up what's been my fight and my journey. So this is that segment. Now what you guys are going to see is me bringing in all the coaches and fighters and people from Red Boy to 
um, Vamos MMA to Sarah Jiu Jitsu to Extreme Couture to going out to Thailand to American Top Team to Rogue Combat Club and everywhere in between. And then we're going to talk about their journeys. Like, for example, Coach Eric Uresk and look at Extreme Couture and look at his early Brooklyn days and his bouncing days and then look at all the different connections there. Like, even I, we can go to Henzo Gracie in Brooklyn and New York because I was able to be there for a period of time as well. So, all these different pieces we're going to line up now looking ahead. So, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I appreciate you guys. Again, comment below if there's any requests or questions or things like that you want to have and have me go over. But again, I'll check you guys on the next one and I appreciate you guys. Top drink out. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free and that is it y'all. See you on the next one.